0: Good morning, everybody. How you doing? Great. Great to see you today. Hey, why don't you get your Bibles out and uh, open them up uh, to the Old Testament book of Hosea, uh, the book of Hosea chapter 6. If you didn't bring a Bible, we got that one provided for you there, and we'll put a page number up so you can follow along. Hosea chapter 6 is where we're going to be today. Uh, while you're turning there, let me just tell you that I've changed uh, my message uh, we, we usually plan way out in advance for what, what we're going to be presenting every week. Uh, but this week, uh, we pumped the brakes. We took uh, called an audible and uh, decided to go a different direction. You said, well, Craig, why, why a different message today? Well, it, it, certainly in light of the election that's coming up uh, this week, And by the way, uh, I hope that you've already voted. If you haven't, uh, then please, I encourage you to vote with a ballot in one hand and a Bible in the other hand uh, this week. Uh, Liz and I have already uh, voted, and uh, we hope that you will do the same. Uh, But in light of that, uh, God's put uh, a message on my heart that I want to share with you. See, I believe now more than ever before, our country is in desperate need of revival and spiritual awakening. I I think now more than ever before, our country is in need of revival and spiritual awakening. You know, our country is very divided along lots of different lines right now. There's a hostility uh, to the gospel. There's a waywardness uh, spiritually. uh, And and that's really why I, I wanted to talk to you today. You see, I, we, we're experiencing right now uh, two different things, both economic uh, prosperity and yet spiritual uh, poverty. Uh, they're, they're, we're experiencing good things in, in the market and yet uh, a decline in the, the soul of our country. And uh, Hosea experienced something similar to that. Hosea was a prophet that lived in the northern kingdom of Israel during a time uh, of economic prosperity and yet spiritual uh, decline and spiritual uh, apathy. And God began to speak to him a message for his time. In fact, we don't need to turn to it, but I just want to give you a little taste of what it was like in Hosea's day, and you see if it sounds like our day, okay? This is right out of Hosea chapter 4, verse 1. It says, hear the word of the Lord, people of Israel, for the Lord has has had a case against the inhabitants of the land. In other words, God's building a case against you. God's gathering evidence. God's getting the exhibits in order. God's got a case against you. And then he goes on to say, uh, there is no truth, there is no faithful love, uh, there is no knowledge of God in the land, cursing, lying, murder, stealing, and adultery are rampant, and one act of bloodshed follows another. Does that not sound familiar? You just watch the news, or you just look online, or you follow your Twitter feed, or you look at the morning paper, and you would see uh, this very thing. Uh, just this last w- couple of weeks, we've had one, one man sending pipe bombs to political leaders. Uh, you had a crazy person go into a synagogue in Pennsylvania and kill 11 people. What a tragedy. God help us. And injure so many others. Uh, we saw uh, uh, just a couple of days later a young man uh, in North Carolina shoot and kill his classmate. And just a couple of weeks ago, two young girls, I think 12 and 13 years old, were planning to kill their classmates in part of a satanic ritual in Florida. I mean, you think, what in the world is happening? You see demonstrations happening. You see all kinds of uh, a craziness happening and just a promotion of things that are godless happening. What's happening here? Listen, it's more than a societal problem. This is at the core a spiritual problem. And now more than ever before, we need spiritual awakening. You know, Hosea's day is our day. Hosea's day is our day. And, and let me just tell you, God has a history of dealing with wayward nations. You just look in the Bible and you see over and over and over, God sees a nation wandering and he has a history of how he deals with them. And one of the ways that God deals with a wayward nation is that he first brings a message to that nation. And if that nation will heed the message and hear the message and turn to the Lord, then God restores it and brings it back to him. But if they harden their heart against the message, then then things get more difficult. I believe I heard a commentator say this week, America's at the crossroads. I believe that's true. But we're at a spiritual crossroads. And I believe God's got a message for us today. And I believe it's out of Hosea chapter 6. So let's, uh, let's look at it together. First, let's pray. Father, I, I pray that you would help us to hear the message you have for us, God. In this moment and time, as we live in this country, in this moment, Lord, I pray that you would help us to hear it and to receive it and to respond to this message, Father, that you have for us. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Uh, Hosea chapter 6, beginning of verse 1. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, Come, let us return to the Lord, for He has torn us, that He may heal us. He has struck us down, and He will bind us up. After two days, He will revive us. On the third day, He will raise us up, that we may live before Him. Let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. His going out as sure as the dawn, He will come to us as the showers as the spring rains that water the earth. You know, the, what, probably the main idea of Hosea's message here is simply this if you will return to the Lord, uh, then He will return to you. If you will return to the Lord, then he will return to you. Over and over and over, it's saying that in this passage, you'll return to the Lord, he'll return to you. Listen, if you want God to move again in our country, if you want a turning back to righteousness and godliness uh, in our country, if you want a spiritual awakening in our nation, it's going to start with us returning uh, to the Lord, returning back uh, to him. And Hosea really shows us some things about what that looks like. What does it look like? Or what do we need to know in order to return to the Lord? And I want to give you a couple of things here. So here's the first one. You can jot this down. The first one is this, that God always invites us to come to Him. I, I love that, by the way. That's, that's really good news. That God always invites us to come back Uh, to him. No matter how bad it gets, no matter what you've experienced, no matter what you've done, no matter how crazy it is uh, in our country, God always invites us to come back to him. Look at verse one. It says, come, let us return to the Lord. Let us return. Now listen, the word return implies that you've been there before, right? I can't return back to a place I've never been. I can turn to a place I've never been, but I can't return right? And so to return to the Lord really is a call back to the place where you were before. It implies that somehow at one point you were walking with God, and then there was this kind of uh, this indifference or this turning away or this waywardness, Uh, and then uh, you were away from the Lord for a while, and then now there's a call to return back to Him ever happened to you, by the way? You ever had a time in your life when you were really walking closely with God and then suddenly you, you kind of drifted away from the Lord for some, of, some reason? Uh, I know that's happened to me. I, I know, I, you know I, I came to the Lord as a young boy, but there was a season in my life when I kind of drifted from God and got into all kinds of things I shouldn't be a part of. And, and there was a moment in time when God invited me and called me back to return uh, to Him. Listen, that's what Hosea uh, is saying here. He's saying, listen, you've got to return uh, back to the Lord. God, listen, God loves you just the way you are. Uh, but God uh, loves you too much to leave you the way that you are. Amen? And, and so he always calls us to return back uh, to him. Listen, not only that, but look at verse three, he says, let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. That word know there, you could just circle it, put a little notation on the side. The word is Yada, Y-A-D-A. The Hebrew word Yada means to know intimately. It, it would be like uh, how a husband would know his wife or a wife know her husband or 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 how you would know your children or how you might know a very, very close friend. Face to face, personal, intimate knowledge. And he said, listen, let's, let's return back to the Lord. Let, let's press on to know the Lord. Let's know Him again. Let's know Him. Again, remember the time when you used to walk closely, when you used to know the Lord, when you could hear him speak to you, when you'd open up, you couldn't get enough of your Bible. Man, you're just constantly reading your Bible and God was speaking to you and and how you would speak out and talk to somebody and you could feel the spirit of God moving as you would have a spiritual conversation or how you used to serve God and how you used to delight in worship of him. Remember, Remember when you used to know him like that? He said, let's return back to him. In fact, he says, let us press on to know him. The word press on means, you know, let's, let's go after it. Let's get after it. Let's, let's take some energy and some effort to this. Let's, let's run a, as hard as we can back to the place where we used to be spiritually. Listen, some of you may be in a wayward situation situation right now you, you may have said you know Craig I remember when I used to come to church and I remember God used to speak to me and I can remember God using me and I can remember being so fired up for worship and I love my church family and all these kinds of things but but now you know the, with the kids and the busyness and the pace of my my job and all the stress at home and I've just kind of slowly slowly drifted away from God. Hosea says come on let's press on to know him. Come on, let's return, let's return back to the Lord. Listen, no matter how crazy things get, you're never too far and it's never too late to return back. You say, Craig, it's too late for me. No, it's not. It's never too late. You can always return back uh, to where you were before. And by the way, this idea of an invitation to return back is, is really an echoing theme all the way through the Bible in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 8, it says, Come, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, they can be as white as snow. Though they're red as crimson, they can be as wool. Just come, man, just come back to me. Just come and I, I'll clean you. Jesus said it, 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 later on in his own ministry, in Matthew 11, he said, uh, Come, uh, if those who are weary, uh, come, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am humble and gentle in heart. And you'll find rest for your souls. In Revelation chapter uh, 22, verse 17, he says, and the Spirit and the bride say, come. One of the very last invitations in the Bible, let the Spirit and the bride say, come, and all who are thirsty, come. And so all the way through the Bible, he's saying, listen, if, you, if you're sin-stained, come, and he'll clean you. If you're, if you're burdened and, and, and you need rest, he will come to him. If you're, if you're thirsty after more, then, then come. The invitation is always to come, that God always invites us to come to him. Even now, right now, God is speaking to you that you can return back to the Lord. You can get back to the place that you were before. You can return back to him. God always invites us to return back to Him. Here's another thing that uh, is just right out of this passage. that God often uses consequences to move us toward Him. God often uses consequences to move us toward Him. Most often, God brings us out of a period of waywardness uh, through crisis. All right? Now let me just kind of break that down for you. You know this is true in your own personal experience, but let me just kind of break this down to you. Many times I've said to you before that people often come to a crisis before they come to Christ. Uh, This was certainly true in in Jesus' ministry. Jesus would oftentimes be walking along through a village and somebody's in a crisis, right? Uh, My daughter just died or my servant is sick or I have leprosy or I'm blind or, or, you know, something like that. And, And they're in a crisis. And so they would come to Christ and then through that crisis, they would come to faith in Jesus, right? And, and so many times that, that still happens today. People say, man, I'm in a crisis, right? And in that crisis, God uses that to kind of wake you up to your need for God. It might be a, a financial crisis or a marriage crisis or a business crisis or, or, or a midlife crisis. I don't know. And it's some kind of crisis. And, and that causes me to realize my need for God. And so I come to him in faith and I'm saved. Many times people come to a crisis before they come to Christ. But if that's true, then I believe that's also true when it comes to returning back to the Lord. That just as you came to Christ, oftentimes through a crisis, many times God will use a crisis of our own consequences to drive us back to Him. Sometimes God will allow you to endure or suffer through crisis in order to drive you back to Him You know, that's what was happening in Hosea's time. You know, Hosea's time, they were in a crisis. They were in a national crisis. In fact, look at it, verse 1. It says, uh, he has torn us. That image is like an uh, an animal that tears his prey. He has torn us to, to bits. Uh, Look at it, keep reading. He has uh, struck us down. How how in the world had God uh, torn or struck them down? Well, if you back up and kind of know the history of what's happening in the northern Israel at that time, uh, literally Assyria, which was this bloodthirsty, terrible, domineering, uh, violent group of people were, were perched on the border, ready to pounce and to destroy them. And that's exactly what happened. 72 BC, they pounced and took northern Israel away. Uh, never to be seen of again. And all that was consequences for their own unfaithfulness toward God, their own rebellion against God, stiff-arming. God said, God, I don't need you. God, I don't want you. God, I want my own thing. Who is the God of Israel? And offending him over and over and over and over again. You know, sometimes God will allow you to suffer the consequences of your actions in the short run to get you to a better place in the long run. You understand that? Sometimes God will allow you to suffer the consequences of your actions in the short run to get you to a better place. In the long run, in many ways that can be a wake-up call. Could it be that the trouble that we're experiencing in our country is a wake-up call for us? Uh, To say, hey, we uh, we don't want God in our life and to see what fills that vacuum in our own country? Let me just ask you this. Let me get, just get a little bit more personal. Could it be that maybe some of the consequences that you're facing of your own actions, uh, God, uh, could, could, it be, could He be using those things to dr- drive you back to Him? A wake-up call. Hey, you know, I, I've drifted from the Lord. I, you know, I, I, things have gotten so crazy at home. Things have gotten so crazy in my life and, and I realize now how far I've drifted uh, from God. Listen, God always invites us to come back to Him, but many times He will use uh, the consequences of our actions to drive us, to wake us up, and to propel us back uh, toward Him. Hosea's message is clear. If you return to the Lord, He'll return back to you. If you will turn, then He will turn back to you. There's one more thing here I just want to point out here, and that is that God always promises good to those who return back to Him. I love that. God will always promise good to those who return back to Him. Listen, if you will uh, wake up, if you will realize uh, how far you've uh, drifted, if you if you will acknowledge your own waywardness and, and hear the invitation, that God will pour blessing out on you. I love that. If you just look at this passage, four times He says the word, He will. In fact, you could just circle those. There are four He wills in In this passage. In verse 1, it says, he will bind us up. That is, he'll heal us. In verse 2, he will revive us. In verse 2, he will raise us up. Uh, And in verse 3, he will come to us with blessing. I just love that, by the way. He will, all right? He will. Hey, anybody here need uh, God to come to you and bless you? Uh, He will. Anybody here feel torn apart and needs healing in your life? Yeah, he will. Anybody needs spiritual revival and awakening in your life? You need need to be fired up for Christ again. He will come to you and do that if you turn right back to him. If you say, you know what? I'm tired of the way I'm leaving. I'm going to turn. I'm going to press on and know him like I did before. He will come to you. That's what it says. He's going to come to you. He's going to come to you. He will do it. You say, "Well, Craig, you know, how do I know that he'll actually do this?" I mean, you say he's going to do it, but how do I know? What, what if I turn away from my waywardness and I turn to him and nothing happens? Uh, you say that's not going to happen. You say, "Well, how do you know that's not going to happen?" Uh, he will do it. How do you know he'll do it? Well, uh, Hosea gives two powerful illustrations to illustrate how he will. And look at what he says here. He said, "Look at verse three. Uh, he is going out as sure as the dawn." I love that. I, I love the dawn. Don't you love the dawn? Uh, some of you are like dawn. What is that? You know, I, I, I just I just wake up and the sun's already up. You know, uh, I.e. college student. Anyway, uh, uh, the dawn. You know, when, when the sun rises, don't you just love that? I just love being outside uh, when it's dark, and uh, then you start to see the, it. Just gets a little lighter around you, and then all of a sudden you see some. Uh, pink and orange hues coming up over the horizon and you just hear the the animal life come to life again it's just a beautiful wonderful thing the dawn you know what i like most about the dawn it happens every day every single day in fact i've never known a day where it did not dawn have you there's never been a day when it did not dawn you're like wow that's a deep thought from pastor Yeah, it happens every single day that there's always a dawn. As sure, as, and this is that's his point. He's like, as sure as the dawn comes up every morning, God will be faithful to what he's promising you. If you will turn to him as sure as the dawn. Listen, every morning when the sun cracks the horizon, it is a promise that if you are wayward and you turn back to him, he will turn back to you. He will receive you and he will bless you and he will use you if you turn as sure as the dawn. I love that. For some of you wondering if God still cares for you, if God still loves you, if you've gone too far. No, no, no. As sure as the dawn came up this morning, God will fill your life with his faithful love if you'll turn to him. And then he gives you one other great illustration. I love this in verse 3. He says, he will come to us as the showers, as the spring rains that water the earth you know, water in Israel was really, is really even still today, a precious commodity commodity, and, and really a life and death issue. Uh, they, Israel is pretty much in the desert. And they only have two times when it rains. There is a fall rain, which happens kind of like what we're experiencing now. About this time of year, they will have a season of rains. And then they will have the spring rains, uh, which happen around April or May. And then that's it. It doesn't rain again. Doesn't rain all summer uh, until the fall rains come again. So just the, the longing for the rain and the need for the rain and what happens if it doesn't rain has always been on, just kind of stamped in the psyche of, of Israel. The, the uh, fall rains are often called the former rains and the spring rains are often called the latter rains. In fact, uh, the rain that he mentions here, which is the latter rains or the spring rains, uh, the Hebrew word here is Gashem, which means, I love this, the word Gashem, which is translated spring rains, literally means to fulfill a promise. Isn't that great? To fulfill a promise or to pour out. It's almost as if when God finally brings the spring rain after we've been praying and praying and praying and hoping and hoping that God, when he finally brings the rain, it's like God said, okay, I told you I was going to do it. Now here I am. Uh, and here it is. And, and, and when he pours out the rain, he's pouring out his promise. He's fulfilling his promise to provide. He's fulfilling his promise to, uh, to bring them life. And listen to what Hosea is saying. He's saying, you want to know if God is really serious about his promise, that if you turn to him, he will turn back to you. If you really wonder if God is serious about this promise, that if you will turn back, that he will come and he will heal and he will restore. He said, it's just like the spring rains. That just as God fulfilled his promise in bringing the spring rains, that even now God wants to pour out his love on you. God wants to bring a downpour of his favor and his blessing on your life. God wants to bring to life the things that were parched and dry and cracked and broken. God wants to refresh you again and renew you again if you would only turn to him. It's just like the spring rains, just like the spring rains. Listen, if we don't experience revival, there's only one reason why. We haven't returned back to the Lord. Because if he's promised, if you will return back to him, he will return to you. If you will return back to him, he will return to you. You say, well, Craig, how do I do that? Maybe you're in need right now of just spiritual awakening. Maybe you, you just feel dry and parched spiritually. Maybe, maybe you're, things are not going well in your own life and you need a fresh outpouring of the Spirit of God. I mean, you say, Craig, I don't know how to do that. I, don't, I mean, you say return to the Lord, but what, what is that? What do I do exactly? How do I return to the Lord? You know, Jesus gave us a really the best uh, answer. He was talking in Revelation chapter 2 to a church that had been known as a vibrant church. This was a church that, that was on fire for Jesus. This was a church that had supernatural things happening. This was a church, the church in Ephesus, that, that was so on fire that, that they, they planted multiple churches all over the region. This church, God moved in powerful ways. People were turning from witchcraft and darkness uh, to, to the gospel. Uh, they had some of the best preachers they ever had. They had Paul and Timothy as their, and, and, and uh, John, the last living apostle, was an emeritus pastor there. I mean, they had the best preaching, the best of everything, and they had a heart for God. And then somehow, along the way, they just started to kind of wane in their passion for the Lord. They became wayward. They just lost their love like they had. And Jesus spoke to them. And this is what Jesus said to them. Just one simple verse. He said, Revelation 2 verse 5, he said, Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. You know, when I think about that, verse it really shows us how to return to the Lord look at look at the first word is remember the way you return to the Lord is you start off remembering just to remember what your life was like when you were close to God Maybe this afternoon what you need to do is pull out a piece of paper and just start to write down, you know, what it was like. When were those moments when you really felt the closest to God? When were those times in your life when you felt His presence, when you were being used by God in a powerful way? And to remember these things, to remember what it was like. To maybe pull out a piece of paper and just start this afternoon to write down those things of what you were doing at that time. And who was speaking in your life at that time. And what were the circumstances to remember where you used to be? part of returning is to remember when God saved you. Remember when God was speaking to you. Remember what God was doing in your life. To remember. And then Jesus said not only to remember these things, but then he said to repent. You know, repentance is a great word. We don't use that word near often enough. You know the repentance simply means I'm going one direction and I recognize I'm going the wrong direction and I turn around and I go this direction. I do that all the time on the highway, right? I'm going the wrong way. I, I gotta get, get an exit. I gotta turn around. I gotta go to the other direction. And that's what repentance is. This is the message that's preached all through Old Testament New Testament is repentance. Listen for, for our nation to see a spiritual awakening will require God's people to repent. Say, Father, we've gone way too far. We've, we've come ba- way too wayward. We've, we've forsaken your word. We've forsaken your son. We've forsaken the gospel. We've become wayward in secular our own minds, and now we're turning, we're repenting of that, and we're turning back to him. And maybe there's some specific things you need to repent of. Maybe a relationship that's not right or maybe a habit that you formed that you know is not honoring to God or maybe it's, uh, maybe it's some, uh, some thing that, place that you're going or thing you're doing that has a stranglehold on your life spiritually. You need to push that away and cut that thing away so you can return back to the Lord. He said, you've got to remember where you used to be and you've got to repent and you've got to turn from where you are and you've got to physically begin to move and to press on to get back to the place that you were before. I know in my own repentance, I've had to cut off relationships. I've had to say I'm not going to that place. I'm not going to hang out with that person because I've got to get back to the place where I can get back to the Lord. He said, remember. He said, repent. And then ultimately, he said, repeat what you used to do. He said to do the things you did at first. Uh, if you used to read your Bible when you were hot-hearted for God, then guess what? Just start reading your Bible. If you were you, uh, uh, coming to church every Sunday and, and, man, just fired up to be with God's people, then then get back to that place where God used to be. If you had good close Christian friends, then, then you need to get into a group or you can develop those close Christian friends again. If you, had, if you had somebody uh, discipling you and pointing your life, then you need to get back to that place where people can begin to pour into your life again. But whatever it is, you start to do the things you did at first. And listen, when you remember where you were and you repent of those things that you're doing that are taking you far from God and you return back and, and, and do those things again, that's what it means to return back to the Lord. And listen, here's the thing. If you will return back to the Lord, he will return back to you. As sure as a spring rains, as sure as a sun came up this morning, God will pour out his favor and his goodness in your life again. God will do a moving, a spiritual awakening in our nation again. But it starts when God's people return back to him.